Under the Hood <laughs> with Jonathan Hood. Get it. Tim crushes this ball. He throws the bat. The ball goes flying and it's gone. Under the Hood, behind the scenes, nobody really sees. Ball runs right in the air deep. Is it enough? It's gone. Ball game over. Hey, I'm hot. Jonathan Hood. I'm hot. Rubisky, Robinson. And Mack will take it all the way in for a touchdown. A lot of this is behind the scenes or under the hood. The mark in it. Oh! It didn't come for the massage. It came for the fight show. Oh, baby. Woo! Jonathan Hood. Oh, man. Put a body on that man. Please. Breaks the hole. Swift got running room. Swift got to go. 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Swift. Under the hood with Jonathan Hood. I'm the man. Nights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Live from Chicago, this is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Open phone lines for you at 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is the telephone number. Hit me up on Instagram, IGJHood. Also on Twitter, Twitter.com, TweetJHood. And a half hour from now, we will do Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Some of you watch uh, SmackDown Live, but we've got wrestling content with you uh, coming up at 9.30. You'll be able to hear from a special guest, Shane Taylor, who works for Ring of Honor Wrestling. He is a television champion. they got a big show taking place in Baltimore on pay-per-view on Friday, the 28th of June. We'll tell you more about that pay-per-view and hear the story of Shane Taylor, the notorious one, coming up at the bottom of the hour here on ESPN 1000. So glad to have you in here on this Tuesday as we keep our eyes on the Cubs and the White Sox and everything else. We'll keep you abreast as we move forward here on the program. We turn now to a man who lost a bet told me that if the Toronto Raptors win the NBA championship, that he'd come on 10 straight times. And uh, so he lost that bet. And so this is uh, number five of 10 with uh, Ryan Hollins, our ESPN NBA expert. He joins me, Jonathan Hood, right here on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000. Ryan, as always, I appreciate your time. So you were there last night for the NBA Awards. What was it like being on the red carpet for the NBA Awards? You know, it was pretty cool. Last time I went, I was just kind of watching everything. Uh, this time I came and I was uh, there at the Rich Eisen show, and I got a, a number of interviews, got to talk to guys, and uh, I think for me, uh, just kind of branded out beyond basketball means a lot, and then doing it on a stage like that. So it was a pretty cool deal. Yeah, a great experience. Uh a kid from L.A., and now you're out there amongst the celebrities and the NBA people. That's uh, That's got to be heartfelt for you. No, it is. And you, you know what's wild is that what really gets me is, you know, obviously I'm, I'm doing, you know, working hard in broadcasting, but when a, you know, another former player or a coach or NBA personnel comes up and says, hey, man, I appreciate what you're doing. I like what you're doing. We know how hard it is. That that's the, the, the biggest reward because obviously, you know, fans, fans are fans. They don't play the game. We, we love them. We appreciate them. But when you hear it from somebody actually in, in, in the thick of things saying they appreciate your work and they watch, that, that just comes with a different tone. Ryan Hollins with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app as he continues to uh, pay off his bet after blowing us off yesterday. Did not have time. <laughs> 
to uh, spend time with us and pre-tape. He decided to uh, spend his time on the red carpet. And uh, and so now he, there will be an uh, attacked on, an extra appearance now for Ryan Holland since he did not make it last night. Um, I do want to ask you... <laughs> I do want to ask you about what what is, what is what is going on with you in the big three? I mean, you are a name, Ryan Hollins. How are you playing behind Greg Oden on your big three team? That doesn't make any sense. I'm I'm a selfless guy, and uh, you know what? Greg Oden was on the team uh, before me. Uh, Greg is a career starter. I'm a guy that came off the bench for my career. So I'm, you know, it's funny you say that even after the game. And Greg is so humble, man. Like, the dude is almost like, I don't know if there's such a thing as being too humble. Like, Greg Oden is too humble. And I'm like, Greg, if you're healthy, you're starting. Unless there's something crazy going on, you're going to start in the games. And I'm going to come off the bench. I don't care what scenario happens because we need you. And for me, beyond basketball, as a fan of the game, dude, I'm just excited to see Greg Oden playing basketball anywhere. And he's expressed that. And it's funny, the guy just forgets, you know, just everything he's went through. Number first pick in the draft, college national championship, and that that dude is just. I, I cannot say enough about uh, the man that Greg Oates is. And your coach is Nate Archibald. That's got to be cool. Yeah, yo, and and another down earth guy. You know, you got a, a Hall of Famer, and he's looking at it saying, "Hey, man." The first thing he said, "I'm the the lesser one on the team. You guys are ahead of me. This is your show. Um, I'm here to help you get where you want to go." And you hear messages from guys like that. And uh, just even beyond the big three, you see why uh, Tiny Nate Archibald had the success he had. And uh, it's, it's just really cool just interacting with him, just picking his brain. Like, you know, like forget the big three, just seeing the way he, he talks, walks, moves around, and, you know, conducts himself. When the aliens come to your area, make sure that you see Ryan Hollins because he'll be there with head coach Nate Archibald. That's that's be good. And, and the other thing, too, man, I mean, look. It, it, it's a, you're a matchup problem. Should be for Joe Johnson. You should be a matchup problem for Joe Johnson. That was not the case the last game. Me personally, or our team? It, your your team and you, you sir. Well, I mean, every time Joe Johnson guarded me, he fouled me. So I personally was a matchup <laughs> problem for Joe Johnson. <laughs> and, I, and I know you watch the game, Johnson, yes. because you you don't miss a beat at NBA, a college, or high school game in your life. Um, <laughs> But, Joe, I mean, Joe is tough, dude. You know, we were talking after the game. I mean, obviously frustrated from the loss. But, like, you know, you knew coming in, Joe Johnson, when you saw his name on the big three list, that it's impossible to guard because if you put a big guy on him, he steps all the way out the perimeter to the perimeter and shoots pull-up three-pointers. And if you put a small guy on him, he goes straight to the block. And it's it's darn near impossible to double-team in three-on-three. So, I mean, Joe Johnson is a headache, man. And uh, we allowed him to get going. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy for Joe just not having him done it against us um, to get out and play basketball after missing a year. And, you know, he was so good. You had a lot of questions going, hey, man, well, is Joe Johnson not in the NBA still? And uh, he, he's a guy who I've competed against for a while. And trust me, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if he shows up on a roster. Yeah, so, so Ryan's team, the Aliens, took on the triplets, and Joe Johnson, tell me if this is not NBA's stat line. Like, 27 points, 16 rebounds, 4 assists. Like, like, and then on on that team, Al Jefferson with his oversized bed, Al Jefferson, 
And then you have Gennaro Pargo, who is an assistant coach with the Windy City Bulls here in Chicago. Allen Anderson's on that team. I mean, your squad, that squad, I mean, there's some NBA talent, serious NBA talent on, on both squads. And on your team, Maywood's, Maywood, Illinois' own Shannon Brown, Chicago guy on, on with Shannon Brown. So it's that, that was a very interesting game for me. No, it was a fun game. And uh, I believe your two teams are going to be going to going far in the playoffs. Now, the one thing is you want to have, a, you know, kind of equal matchups. You want to have two big guys on the team. Then you want to have versatile wings, uh, kind of like a Joe Johnson 6'8 to 6'9 type that can guard any position. Um, and then you can you can play around because, like you said earlier, like the big three, it is literally all about matchups. And those are the teams that give you headaches that can play big and then can come out and switch all, all screens if needed. So uh, that's a team, you know, led by Lisa Leslie, you know, Hall of Famer on the women's side and just, I think, basketball Hall of Fame period. Um, that could do some damage, but th- no, they were they were absolute headache for us. So I know. Listen, you've been on record talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo, where you, in which, and I think your analysis is fair because you want to see more from the young man. You're not trying to crown him immediately, uh, if, even though he's been in the league for three, you know, four or five years. But with him winning MVP, I'm sure you were not happy with that uh, decision last night. No, man, I was very happy with that. Um, I'm excited for the kid. You know, for, for him getting MVP, and you saw, you know, his speech. I was there live. Mm-hmm. It was bigger than basketball, man. And um, that dude, honestly, I, I don't know. If, you know, I can't speak to how everyone has grown up, but when you grow up hungry, when you have to go and hustle at a young age, or you know, you don't know where your next meal is coming from, you you play basketball with a different gear. You play play with a different motive. You play uh, with, with different for different reasons, and you see that in Giannis Antetokounmpo. So. Um, I couldn't be happier for that kid. Uh, Well-deserved, proud. Uh, Harden, as I talked about earlier on first take, would still be my MVP if I had a pick or if I was going to give it to somebody. Um, But you you can't help but cheer for Giannis and just kind of the season that he had. And um, if you've ever had to, you know, kind of go through some triumph, tragedy and turn it into triumph or had to work your tail off to achieve your dreams, you, you really appreciate and respect that kid. But they got it wrong, Ryan Hollins. They got it wrong. But they got it wrong. But they got it wrong. <laughs> but they got it wrong. Okay. I knew he was in. I knew I'd pull that out of you. It just, <laughs> I knew that was in you. Uh, I had to pull it out, but I know that that was it. I knew that oh first take college was in there. I, I want to pull that out. Oh, my God. But they got it I mean, wrong. I mean, if you wanna, no, no, if you want to go. I mean, seriously. Um, you, look at Hard, you look at Harden scoring. Mm-hmm. You look at the, the points that he's put up. Uh, the season only rivals Kareem Abdul, Michael Jordan, Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> like, bro, we never thought you'd see that from a three-point shooter for all 82 games. This isn't a guy who does it on the block. It's not a guy who barrels in and, uh, you know, just tries to score, get to, the, get to the foul line, or is physically bigger and stronger than everybody. He did a lot of this shooting threes, bro. Shooting contested NBA threes, so... Uh, you got to give a lot of respect to what James Harden did. And, and for me, it was the impossible, bro. If you asked me before the season if James Harden could do what he do, has done with the injuries, with the loaded West, I, I'd have said not a chance, bro. No no way. No way, Jose. 
Ryan Hollins with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'm, I'm curious of your thoughts about the juxtaposition of the Knicks and the Nets. What is the perception around the league, Ryan, about those two franchises? Because there is a tug of war, I'm sure, between the Knicks and the Nets for the services of Kyrie Irving and, and probably some others because the Knicks want to be relevant and the Nets have always since they moved to Brooklyn, seem like the cooler franchise. So so what is the perception of the league of both of these teams? Well, the Nets were a joke at, at one point in time, but once they moved and you see that new Barclays Center, and I, I suggest you do if you had been over there, it was like, yo, like they're trying to turn things around. like They're taking things serious here uh, in, in Brooklyn. And you see just uh, the location also uh, essentially being in the heart of New York. So you, you really, uh, you know, all the players have taken note uh, to the Brooklyn Nets. Um, now, this season, they made noise not just off the court, but on the court. You know, Jay-Z's a minority owner, but they put together a good product. They had veterans. They won. They played hard. Uh, they, they played together. Uh, Shout-out Coach Atkinson. Um, that, that was a really good season for the Nets, and we always kind of jive about the Clippers, uh, Jonathan, but they were the East Coast Clippers, man. Mm-hmm. And they made some amazing moves, Sean Marks, in that front office, so... Uh, as a free agent, now you get into a situation in Brooklyn and you see the Clippers also where Kyrie Irving's uh, pretty much all but said he's going to sign in Brooklyn. You know, he, he only thing he hasn't done is inked on the dotted line. And that's an interesting scenario because they kind of want he and Kyrie or they're going to end up going and in, in, in swapping out D'Angelo Russell for Kyrie Irving. And, you know, because of his age, Kyrie's injuries and the leadership problems he had last year, some are even questioning that. So that's still... Uh, essentially in flux, but the Nets have good problems here, and uh, I, I trust Sean Marks is going to figure it out, but they're putting themselves in a great situation. Lastly, Ryan Hollins, uh, for uh, see number five of ten, um, I want to find out uh, what is your pers- <laughs> what, would, what would your advice be to Kevin Durant? If you saw him and talked to him and he asked you uh, your advice about free agency, what would you tell him? Well, um, Brian Winhurst shot out reports uh, about a possible Simon trade. And when I heard that, my eyes lit up. Why? Uh, Chris Paul was able to do it. And I thought both sides won. The player won because he got his super max. He was able to get paid the most from his own team. Now, once he was traded, the team got players in, in return. Look at what the Clippers got. Montrezl Harold, Lou Williams, a draft pick that turns into Shea Gilgis Alexander. They got all of that for Chris Paul. And if you're Houston, you tell me they wouldn't sacrifice that right now? Now, they went for the short-term play rather than the long-term play, bringing those guys back or, or, you know, allowing the Clippers to be able to trade for them. But that was a big-time move, and the Warriors could be in a similar situation. And obviously, Brooklyn's got some nice young talent and assets that they could go ahead and move to the Warriors. They just need fresh, healthy bodies who can come out and compete. You know, it's going to be Steph Curry and Draymond all alone, um, if they if they can't make one of those moves, if I'm Kevin Durant, my advice is get the bag, bro. Go be happy. But if you could get a chance to be happy, go close to home and get the bag, get that supermax, man, I'd be all over it, KD. Uh, that's good. Uh, by the way, uh, if you have any secrets that you want to tell Andre Iguodala, don't t- don't tell him because he'll tell everybody. All right, my friend, as another, always. Another, another Chicago guy? <laughs> Well, he's further downstate, oh, so no. He doesn't count. Oh, <laughs> wow. You and Quentin Richardson are the same. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. 
Did I tell you in L.A.? We're claiming Kawhi Leonard. We claim Paul Paul George. We claim Fresno. We claim San Diego. We claim it all, bro. We ain't doing that. Yeah. Just don't. If you have any secrets, don't tell because he'll go on the Breakfast Club and tell it all. Just just so you know. Um, just that, oh my god! We just talked about oh that last god. hour. <laughs> he'll, he'll tell everything. So just you know, just be careful with that. All right, my friend. I'll, well, I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow. I'll talk to you tomorrow, bro. <laughs> you can you keep losing, man. So another uh, another appearance for Ryan Hollis tomorrow, <laughs> right here on Under the Hood. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday is next. Jonathan Hood. If you know, you know. When we all clicking like Golden State, and you and your team are the motorcades, you know, you know. Mm-hmm. On ESPN 1000, Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Follow me on Twitter, Twitter.com, TweetJHood. It's the Cubs and the Braves are at Wrigley Field. Jesse Rogers files a report. Jess? All right, Jay Hood, we are in the top of the eighth. The game changed an inning ago as the Braves now lead 3-2 on an Ozzy Albies 2-1 home run off of Mike Montgomery, who was working into his third inning in the game. Joe could have, Joe Madden could have turned Albies around to back left-handed. We had Brad Brock ready, but he chose to leave Montgomery in there. Albies much better against lefties as a right-handed hitter, and he hits it out. He has become a major Cubs killer in his career. They only see the Braves twice a year, but he has really hurt the Cubs, and he did it again tonight. 3-2 now, the Braves lead. Cubs uh, took the lead back in the fourth on a two-run double by Wilson Contreras after Acuna hit the first pitch of the game off of Edward Azulay, a home run to left field. But after that, Azulay pitched great. He tired a little bit. Uh, in fact, Montgomery got him out of a base loaded jam in the fifth and then continued on into the seventh inning until he gave up that two-run home run to Albie. So that's where we stand. 3-2, top eight, Cubs trailing. Back to you. Tuesday. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening for the Worldwide Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship. Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, our first event of the evening is a one-ball match with a 15-minute time limit. There ain't nobody. There ain't nobody in wrestling who can make me quit. And that's the bottom line. Cause Stone Cold said so. Tuesday. We are what wrestling's all about. New York City here. Chicago here. Jamie on my left. Linda on my right. But I'm not telling any of the girls who I'm going to give it to in Chicago until that night. Tuesday, wrestling. Tuesday returns to Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. It's Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday with me, Jonathan Hood, right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Follow Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday on Twitter at WrestlingTWT. It's at WrestlingTWT also on Instagram at Wrestling TWT as well. So Twitter and Instagram to be able to follow along as we give you wrestling content every Tuesday at 9.30, a half hour after SmackDown Live is over right here on ESPN 1000. We will hear from the notorious Shane Taylor 
ROH Television Champion. They got a big pay-per-view, best in the world, taking place this upcoming Friday on pay-per-view. Taylor is the television champion. He's been dominant. We'll hear from him in just a moment. Just want to point out a few things before we hear from Shane Taylor. The WWE had their pay-per-view. It was called Stomping Grounds. They got some unusual names for pay-per-views. But Stomping Grounds took place in Tacoma, Washington. And the main event was Seth Rollins, the Universal Champion, defeating Baron Corbin. There was a lot of conversation about this pay-per-view before it started. People said, why is it in Tacoma? There's going to be a lot of people that's not going to be there. There'll be a lot of empty seats. Uh, the booking seems off. Who's going to be the special referee in the main event with Baron Corbin and Seth Rollins? And I will tell you, even though that there was a lot of screwy things that was happening in this matchup, when you had Lacey Evans as a special referee, that's the perfect special referee for that main event. The reason why is because Seth Rollins has had an issue with Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans has had a problem with Seth Rollins' quote-unquote girlfriend, Becky Lynch. So that worked out fine. I thought that the heavyweight championship matchup with Kofi Kingston against Dolph Ziggler was exactly what I would expect it. Uh, I don't think that a steel cage match was necessary for this because I don't think that anytime you have a cage match, it reaches a crescendo in the booking, in the storyline. It's a, it's a regular match. It's a no disqualification match. And then it's maybe some kind of false count anywhere match. And then the cage match usually is a crescendo. It's hard to be able to watch a cage match when there's no blood. I know that sounds strange, but you continue to see Ziggler and Kingston go back and forth, crashing each other's skull into the cage, and there was no blood. That's a disconnect for me, but I think that these two pulled it off for the WWE Championship. I just thought that the card was fine. But there's so much negativity around the WWE because people want new. And I get that. If you watch Seth Rollins against Baron Corbin, what did you hear? You heard CM Punk chants. You heard AEW chants. You heard um, This Is Stupid chants at the main event on Stomping Grounds. And I just know that when it comes to storytelling, the WWE has lacked some. There's no question about it. But I thought that that main event with Rollins against Corbin made sense. There is a Bruce Pritchard influence of the WWE. If you know who Bruce Pritchard is, that he's a guy that was a producer and on-air performer for WWE, his brother Love, in the 80s and 90s, and now he's back as a producer. You can see the influence that he has on the company. So, uh, to me, I focus on the in-ring product, number one, and number two, I look for the storytelling. I know it's been lacking, but I think as of late, things have picked up some for the WWE. Also, a big show taking place on Saturday, June 29th. It is Firefest. I know, right? Fighter Fest. AEW's Fighter Fest. Uh, that uh, car taking place in Daytona Beach. Now, here's the interesting thing. So, <laughs> I look at this card with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega against the Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid. I look at John Moxley against Joey Janela. I see a four-way dance with uh, MJF and Jimmy Havoc and Jungle Boy and Hangman Page. And I see a lot of other matches on the card. But Fighter Fest, don't get confused with the um, documentary Fire Fest. Fighter Fest is a going to be an interesting development for wrestling because it's the first time, to my knowledge, that wrestling has been able to mingle with gaming. So AEW, All Elite Wrestling, is involved with CEO Gaming. Uh, CEO Gaming is going to have an annual tournament 
uh, that is taking place where there's going to be people from all over the country, around the world, to be part of this gaming festival. And wrestling's part of it. Kenny Omega, who is part of AEW, longtime New Japan pro wrestler, loves gaming. And so he decided this is a great opportunity for AEW and gaming to be synonymous. So this will take place at the Ocean Center in Daytona Beach, Florida. Uh, it'll be a show on Saturday at 6.30 Central Time. That'll be a pre-show for 6.30 Central Time. And this is going to be live, and it's going to be free. If you download uh, Bleacher Report Live, you can see this for free, a low, low cost of $0. So you'll be able to sample AEW for free. The last event they had in Las Vegas, Double or Nothing, that was a pay-per-view you had to pay for on the Fight Network. But this is going to be free. So that should be an interesting show to see how they put things together on Saturday from Daytona Beach, Florida, 630 Central Time for that show. I got a chance to talk to Shane Taylor, the notorious Shane Taylor. The Best in the World pay-per-view taking place at 7 o'clock Central Time on Friday on June 28th as he takes on Bandito for the television championship. There's a lot more to that card as well. Let's find out more about the notorious Shane Taylor, the ROH television champion, on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. We talk to the most dominant television champion of all time. The notorious Shane Taylor joins me on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood here on ESPN 1000 as we get ready for Best in the World taking place uh, Friday at 7 o'clock Central Time on June 28th exclusively on pay-per-view. This man will take on Bandito. Shane, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm fantastic, man. Thank you for that introduction. I appreciate that. Absolutely. How is life for you, Shane? How's life right now? Life is beautiful, man. I'm just sitting down here with my wife, two daughters, man. Uh, just uh, got done training, you know what I mean? So life is great. You know, it, it's uh, a, a far cry from, you know, uh, being on the streets at the east side of uh, Cleveland, Ohio. So I'm enjoying it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you've told that story, and I want you to tell our listeners here in Chicago and across the country about uh, growing up in Cleveland because it's a fascinating story. Take us there. What was it like for you? I mean, my story is essentially no different than, you know, millions of people that live in Chicago or Compton or any other, you know, inner city across the country. You know, uh, uh, growing up, uh, dad tried the best he could, uh, mom tried the best that she could, you know, but when you're in that environment, as most people know that are in it, it's a different way of thinking. It's a different way of living. It's a different set of rules and circumstances that the average person just doesn't understand. Um, so, you know, going to, you know, funerals, you know, back to back to back of friends and loved ones that died to, you know, drugs or gang violence or things of that, of that sort, um, going through all of that uh, sort of came to a crossroads to where my dad sat me down and said, hey, you know, I'm going to give you one of two options. Either you can continue to do what you're doing, and I'll show you how to be the best at it. You know, but this isn't the life that I want you to lead. Um, I, I want you to be a better man than me. I want you to go on and do things um, that I know you're capable of doing. So um, my dad is my hero. He's the reason that I do the things that I do. Uh, so I decided to take that challenge first member of my family to go to and graduate college. Uh, and now I, I get to live my dream and perform all across the world uh, doing what I do now. So, I mean, um, and I'm nobody special, you know what I mean? So 
it, it, it really is just having the right people around you at, at the right time and you having the uh, wherewithal to be able to listen and understand where you're going and make a change. Well, Shane, uh, I think that is, it, it, for, for most families, I know that whether it's grandparents or whether it's parents, they want to be able to set you up as best as possible to be able to have a better life than they had. And I can only speak to my life the same way where, you know, they got um, grandparents from Arkansas that saw a lot in me and decided, you know, whatever we didn't have, we want you to have tenfold. So that support mm-hmm. system is not there for everybody. But if you can get it, that's a special thing, is it not? Oh, absolutely. And it it, 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 it can make or break you. You know what I mean? Not not having that. There's so many people that I, I know that I saw greatness in, but they didn't have the support system around them to nurture that. You know what I mean? They, 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 they didn't have the time to bring that out. Uh, you know, and that, that, that's why I, I work as hard as I do because I've seen so many people not be able to fulfill their destinies, to be able to fulfill their, their goals and utilize that talent. So I, I make the most of, of, of mine and the platform that I'm given. That's why I do the things that I do and say the things that I say, especially in today's era where so many people are like, well, you shouldn't say that. Like, I, I, I don't care. I'm on this platform for a reason. And I, I'm going to use it, you know. Um, Ali could have just been a boxer, you know what I mean? Uh, but 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 he wasn't. He was more than that. And so when you have a plat, when you have this platform, you should be able to use it. The notorious Shane Taylor with me, Jonathan Hood, on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Best in the world taking place Friday, seven o'clock Central Time, exclusively on pay per view as Shane Taylor defends. Uh, his television championship. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on the growth of the company? We've been watching ROH for a long time and following mm-hmm. it. That there is, that there really isn't a down period for the company. It, talent goes in and out, but it seems like the standard's always there. Oh, and it, it's been like that, you know, since since the days of 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 the Murphy wreck and Low Key and Chris for Daniels and and and, and Danielson, you know, said the bar to homicide Samoa Joe and Nigel. You know, and the whole era and lineage of Reign of Honor has always been on the very, very cutting edge of the best talent in the world. That's why we are the best professional wrestling on the planet. Uh, it's not just a moniker. It's not just, it's just a tagline. That's who we are. Uh, and every year when you look at where guys go and you look at the rosters of a lot of companies and where they're and what they're comprised of, Ring of Honor talent is at the very top of everything you know what i mean so every year like i tell people we we don't you know have to uh retool or reshuffle or reshuffle we just reload and keep going uh, and uh everybody's going to get to find that out once again this friday at best in the world here's a question that no one's asked you shane you ready for this oh okay all right uh, who do you think who would you say is the best wrestler to ever come out of ROH? Who's the face of ROH? Like if you like you can look at you can look at the WWE, you can say you mm-hmm. know Bruno, you can say Hogan, uh, you can look at uh, certain companies. Well, if, if for ROH, who do you think is the best wrestler to ever come out of the company? That's a great question. Um, 
It would have to be one of two people. It's either Samoa Joe or it's Jay Lethal. Uh, when you think of dominance and Ring of Honor, uh, championships and things like that. The first two names that come to mind, in my opinion, are Samoa Joe or Jay Lethal, with the honorable mention to Jay Briscoe. Um, for me, you know, you, you've got uh, in Samoa Joe who had almost a full two-year championship run. You know, you have Jay Lethal who, you know, was the first man to not only hold the world television championship, but the world championship as well and dominate, you know, with both championships. Um, you're talking about guys who have cemented their legacies with ROH um, and are synonymous with those three letters. Um, no matter where else they go in the world, people know that, you know, that era belongs to them. And that's exactly what I want to do uh, when I'm done um, with my time there, I want people to understand and want, I want people to be able to say, like I do for them, that was Shane Taylor's era of Ring of Honor. Who are some of those influences in the locker room at ROH right now, some of the veteran leadership? I mean, we, I mean you've got the guys that I just said. You know, you, you've got Jay, you've got, you know, Lethal and Briscoe, you've got Kenny King, mm-hmm. uh, Caprice Coleman, you've got guys like PCO now who's bringing, you know, decades of uh, worldwide experience to the locker room. So many guys bringing, you know, international experience. I mean, everybody really is in their own right helping to, you know, lead in the, the best way that they can. The Notorious Shane Taylor with me, Jonathan Hood, on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. As we talk about best in the world, 7 o'clock Central Time on Friday. That will be the pay-per-view on June 28th. Uh, Again, you can find that on pay-per-view and check out Best in the World. Um, Is there someone in the business that you would like to face that you haven't faced yet? Oh, there's a lot of people that I would like to fight that I haven't fought yet. Um, You know... Because what gets to me is, is this is this uh, sort of social media type of mind, mindset that people in other companies, just because they're other companies, are better, you know, than than us or, or better than than me. So uh, I grew up uh, in a way where I don't care what your reputation is outside of being in the ring with me. So until you prove it to me, I don't give a damn. Um, so there's a lot of guys when you look at. Uh, the uh, potential for matchups with, you know, crossovers with New Japan. I, I would love to have a match with Tomohiro Ishii. I would love to have a match with Manoa Suzuki. I would love to have a match with Okada. I would love to have a match with a lot of these guys, you know, um, because if, uh, if, if you are the best at what you do, and, and this is who you're saying that you are, come get in the ring with me and let me find out. I, I, I won't I don't want to do that, but I will root for you. <laughs> I don't want to mess with you, but you know what? I will root nah, for you. Nah, from you good. You good. Okay. You got two different lanes, baby. Two, two different lanes. <laughs> okay. Uh, Shane, tell me this. Um, so, so growing up, see, being in Cleveland, you probably saw some matches from Richfield at the Coliseum and probably mm. some Cleveland Convention Center stuff. I know that. The NWA ran there in the in the nineties. I know there was a clash of champions there back in I think eighty nine ninety. Where did you see wrestling primarily where you grew up? 
Well, we would go to Richfield. My dad took my dad took us there. I want to say there was like a Survivor series, a Survivor series there, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what we went to. Uh, and out of all the matches, the only one that I remember was uh, Texas Tornado versus the Warlord. Uh, went to a double countout, and the place was just going absolutely bonkers. And I I remember at that point, like there, you got people throwing cups, you got stuff flying. And I remember going to grab mine and just was like, oh, well, I'm going to do it too. And just looking up at my dad and he just gave me that look like, don't even think about it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, damn, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, man, like, like, like going to those events was incredible. And, and, uh, and, and I think like from that point on, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. Like, I've always been antagonistic by nature. So I was like, if I can find a way to get paid to, you know, pit, piss off however many thousands of, of people, that's exactly what I want to do. Fantastic. Bandito's your opponent on Friday, correct? Mm, yes, he is. Okay. What are, you, what are your expectations for this, this young luchador? Man, I mean, he is, without a doubt, one of the very best luchadors to come out of Mexico in the last 15 to 20 years. The guy's been all over the world, uh, some of the biggest promotions in the world, had a hell of a showing at the best of Super Juniors from New Japan, uh, and he's got a victory over me already on TV. Uh, so I fully expect him to bring his A game. I fully expect him to walk in here with tons of confidence. Um, but what he's failing to realize, and so are his fans, is I am a different person now with the Ring of Honor World Television Championship than I was before when he beat me. So he is attempting to do what no one uh, my, my entire life has been able to do, and that's come into my house and take something from me. Uh, it's not going to happen. Uh, he is going to be the very first victim of what will eventually be the single longest and the single most dominant world television championship reign of all time. He is going to end up being a history question when they look back and they ask you trivia, who is the very first guy that Shane knocked out on his way to being the most dominant TV champion of all time, the answer will be Bandito. Uh, so him and all of his fans and all of the officials that are hoping that they can put him on this pedestal and, 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 and carry him as, as their champion, they're all going to be very, very upset, and Shane T is going to break a lot of hearts. Shane T, do you um, go around the airport with your championship? Because if I was the television champion, <laughs> I would never take it off. So are you going through the airport with that? The, the, the championship is right in the bag. Usually I have to take it out anyway because when I get to security, inevitably, when I explain, hey, there's a championship belt in there, there's really no need to, to stop me. They stop me anyway. They pull it out. They look at it, which is cool. But, like, when I'm like, look, look, man, my flight is leaving in 10 minutes. I got to go. I, I don't really have time at that point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, to, to, to go over this. But it, usually it's pretty cool. But um, I do keep it out, and I put it on my mantle. Um, my daughter gets to see it, and she gets to play with it. And uh, just let, letting her know and see that, you know, this is what you can accomplish when you work hard. Uh, that's everything to me. Would you let your kids wrestle? That's a great question. Um, 
right now my mindset is no. You know what I mean? Like what, my 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 goal is to build a brand and build something that I can give to them that they can then, you know, own and move forward doing that. You know what I mean? So if I build a company with my brand and get to give it to them to, you know, do and, you know, and, and push that forward, they don't need to wrestle. You know what I mean? But if, if it's something that I can see is just a passion of, of theirs and they want to do it and there's just no talking them out of it, then I will make sure that they get the best training, they go to the best schools and uh, give them that advantage. I know that Ian Riccoboni, the the voice of ROH, would be licking his chops. Second generation wrestler, Shane yeah, Taylor's yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, I mean, if, if that's something that they want to do, that's there. Um, but you know, I I want them to feel like they made their own way and they did their own thing. Of course, I'm here to open as many doors as possible. Uh, but I want them to make sure that they know that they did it for themselves. So you're a champion, and so the Browns have to, can't be far behind, right? The resurgence of the Browns look, and you, the look champion. Man, your boy Shane T inspires people. Okay, <laughs> I won a championship in Toronto. What happened? Raptors, right. NBA champions. You're welcome, Toronto. Mike Elgin, you're welcome. Drake, you're welcome. You know what I mean? So, um, for for me being from Cleveland, you know what I mean. Hopefully, Browns are watching. Hopefully. You know, Baker Mayfield, you know, has Honor Club. You know, he can tune in and see how your boy does it. Uh, and the Browns can win that Super Bowl. <laughs> I love that. So so there he is, the notorious Shane Taylor uh, on the Best of the World pay-per-view Friday, 7 o'clock Central Time, June 28th. Again, exclusively on pay-per-view, the television champion will take on Bandito. It has been my pleasure, sir. Thank you for joining us here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Best of luck. Uh, as the champion moving forward, getting past Bandito on Friday. Hey, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, it's going to be one hell of a fight. Don't, don't miss it. All right. It is a uh, notorious Shane Taylor with us here from Ring of Honor as you're listening to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday right here on ESPN 1000. I tried to show him. You're listening to my mans in them, Jay Hood. Yep. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. I tried to show him. Yeah, going on you with the pick and roll. Younger flame here in sickle mode. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Got a full show tomorrow as well, Wednesday between 7 and 10, right here on ESPN 1000. Don't forget to go back and the archives of the Under the Hood podcast. If you miss some of the really terrific interviews and content we had tonight, look for Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. That's the podcast. That's where you can find our content. Wherever you download your podcast, look for Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Kawhi Leonard, very interesting, right? I mean, he has a choice of going back to the NBA champion Toronto Raptors or going elsewhere. Maybe Los Angeles, where he's from. Maybe the Clippers. Jalen Rose of ESPN warns Kawhi Leonard, maybe you shouldn't go with the quote-unquote JV Clippers. Don't do it, Kawhi. No, no mystery there that the Lakers are the neighbor we're talking about. What are you telling him Don't not do to do? Don't do Don't it. Don't do what? Because, like, if you think about it, they're already behaving like the JV team. Let, th- let them have the divas. 
You can't take shots at the Lakers. They own Los Angeles. They got 16 championships. Let the record show. This is Kevin Arnovitz writing this. The Clippers didn't say this. Right, but he's but, suggesting that that's their their message to him, somewhat subtly or otherwise. He's going to go to California where they have four professional teams. Right now, he just won a championship in Toronto, where Canada has one NBA team. There's 1.5 million people at their parade. I think he should stay in Toronto. Should he stay in Toronto for the max, the super max, or take the one and one, run it back, wait and see? And then still keep himself open the option to go home when he wants no, to. No, super max. Don't play around. Two That's finals MVPs, two championships, super max. So just tie yourself to Toronto for the future and, and lead that franchise and be Canada's favorite son. Well, you got to think about it like this. Masai Ujiri has shown you that he can build a championship team. Jerry West has done it in other places. Doc Rivers has won a championship in other with the Celtics. They haven't done it yet with the Clippers. And the Los Angeles Lakers just acquired Anthony Davis to go with LeBron James. They're going to have all of the billboards. They're going to still have the star power. He's still going to be playing for the JV team in his own market. So the thoughts there from Jalen Rose on Get Up with Mike Greenberg this morning. He can go wherever he wants to go. If he goes to Toronto, again, that's better for the league because there's more star power there with Giannis and with Kawhi Leonard. But, you know, we'll see how that works. Of course, we'll be covering it. Jimmy Butler possibly on a sign-and-trade deal for Philadelphia to go from go to Philly to uh, Houston. We'll keep our eyes on that as well. That's from Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I tell you what, it's a lot of fun when it comes to the NBA free agency. We thank you for listening and being part of the program here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Our thanks to Rasheed Davis, Jesse Rogers, Ryan Hollins, Jerry Azuma, Shane Taylor. Show produced by Sean Davis on the other side of the glass. Let's do this tomorrow, 7 to 10, right here on ESPN 1000. And don't forget to download and subscribe to the Under the Hood podcast. Jonathan Hood. I'm so hood. On ESPN 1000. Woo!